Grab a seat. Uh, the band are going to stay up here, which will encourage you that this slot will be short. <laughs> what we, we do every now and then is uh, have a, a chance just to ask some questions, perhaps just to think through a little bit more um, the details of uh, the implications for how we should live out the passage. Maybe it's questions about the meaning of the text or uh, things that were said in the sermon. So it doesn't matter whether it's your first time here or your 500th time here. You're very welcome to ask questions. Uh, Matt's got a, a microphone to make sure I can hear you. Um, Talked a little bit about, um, just very briefly, the sins of the fathers being visited on the children. Um, I, I just, I was a bit confused by that. And could you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yes. So the, it's a phrase that crops up in the Bible a couple of times. The sins of the fathers are, are visited on the next generation. Um, there are two things to say about it. One is it's just a reflection of reality. Um, that the Bible just, it just shows that the reality is that if I ruin my family, if I beat my wife and neglect my children, the sad truth is it has consequences in their lives. And my sins don't just stay with me. We like to think I am a hermetically sealed unit, I can do what I like. But the truth is that how I behave affects others. And the closer my relationship is to them, the more deeply it will affect them. So it's not, it's not that God is cursing innocent children for the misdeeds of parents. It's showing that the, the sad reality is that my sin affects those I love. The interesting thing is that the, the Bible always contrasts the effect of sin with the effects of grace. So um, when, uh, when the Lord reveals his name in Exodus 34, 6, he talks about him um, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parents, the third and fourth generation. But that's contrasted with his abounding love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands of generations. So the Bible always shows me that actually the sad truth is my sin... It, it affects further than I'd like it to, but grace affects far more, thousands rather than third and fourth. And the glorious news of the, of the gospel is that not only the technical, forensic, legal debt of sin is cancelled on the cross, but the power of sin, Romans 6, is broken. And so the glorious thing that many of us will know from our own families is that although um, parental sins do sadly act themselves out, down the generations, the gospel brings a shuddering halt to that, and Jesus Christ redeems families, and it's a wonderful thing to see. Does that help? I guess at the end of uh, the whole story, Joseph can probably look back and think, and in his lifetime can say, I understand why God did that now. Um, so I, you know, I have no idea how old he was, but he could have looked back and seen what God was doing. Um, to what extent do you think we can we can expect the same from God? I mean, will there be moments where we can look back, you know, maybe even in 20 years' time and think, oh, okay, I get that? Or are we always expected just to keep pressing on to heaven and kind of think one day it'll be made clear? Yeah, good question. You know, um, I, I can find no promise in the Bible that God will explain things in this life. I think sometimes things do become clear. You know, sometimes you just think, gosh, I can really see... Um, so I think of uh, at times in my life where a particular bitter experience I went through and then two years later I uh, was able to help somebody else in just a weird set of circumstances and I, thought, I realized if I hadn't been through that I would never be able to help this person and, and pray with them. It, you know, sometimes it's obvious. 
but I don't think there's any promise we'll always know. I think in glory, everything will become clear. But I think down here, uh, sometimes it is, but we live by faith, not by sight. Uh, one day we'll see, and for now I trust. Um, but God's ways are wise and sensible, so often they do work out. Um, but there's no promise. You said that we can still be useful to God even when we've made mistakes in, in the past. Is is that always true? Or to, to what extent is that, is, is, is there, are there sometimes where that's actually not the case and where we, where actually we, what we can do is can be profoundly un, unhelpful to our future spiritual usefulness to, to God or, or, or not? <laughs> yeah, good question. I think we've got to make some careful distinctions. So, I, if I'm following Jesus Christ, firstly, my sins are forgiven, even the sins I commit whilst I'm a Christian. So, I, I can't cut myself off from God's eternal salvation. There is nothing, uh, no power that can cut me off from the love of God in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 37 to 39 says. Secondly, sin does have an impact. Uh, so when you look at uh, David in the Old Testament in First Samuel, when he commits adultery and then murder, the baby dies and war comes to Israel and there, there is a, a, a terrible civil war because of what he does. But it doesn't stop David serving God in his later life. But it does mean he serves him trusting God in the middle of a civil war that's his fault rather than ruling the kingdom in peace, bringing God's blessing to everybody. So I, we're never beyond being able to serve God, and we mustn't live in the bitter regret of, oh, if only I was, there's no point in me even serving God now because I'm in this mess. No, not at all. If you do something really stupid tomorrow, act totally out of character, and you punch a commuter rushing for the train, and they fall under a train, and you go to prison for 25 years, serve God in prison. Repent of your sins and serve God in prison. Uh, there is nowhere I cannot serve God, and there is no situation he can't redeem. But it is so much better <laughs> when I don't bring disgrace to his name and when I, I serve him wholeheartedly. Uh, so it's never an excuse for sin, but it's always an encouragement that the past is not the end for me. Let's, gonna, let's, um, let's end it there.